What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beers and Ball live stream. If you can't tell, Deshaun Butler is not here tonight. He's actually coaching a basketball game. Uh, he's he's got a job. Um, he's he's not an unemployed bum, even though he sometimes looks like it. Uh, so in his stead, we have the one and only Barstool Riggs. He's back, baby. Barstool, the Riggs. guy who always dresses like an unemployed bum, even though I'm not unemployed. But I am a bum, so whatever. I'm I, I dress for you. I dress for you. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me tweet this out. But you're back. All right, Riggs. Uh, we started a tradition last year where every Thursday yeah. night when we would podcast, we would have a beer while we did it. I, it That's where the beers and ball stream started. That's where it became a thing. It so, got a little loose late in the year last year, too. <laughs> it, it got real loose during the pandemic. We'd be like four beers deep talking about basketball games. You know, when we started doing the rewatches when there was nothing. Yeah. Those second halves got real loose when we started just going off the rails. Yeah, that was fun. Um, anyway, uh, I know that you're you're on like a diet, you're like you're on this like health kick, and and I don't know. If, well, I support you getting healthy. That's always a good thing. Uh, but I don't know if I support this whole uh, no craft beer thing. So I know you're 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 doing things a little differently, but you got something special for us today, right? I got. I'm sticking to my roots. If you listen to the old show that me and you did, you know I love this beer. You know my parents live in Charleston, South Carolina, so whenever I see them, either I'm down there or they're up here. Uh, they bring it to me. It's my Huger Street IPA. It is just a perfect IPA, not too heavy. You know, I can drink a good amount of these and be feeling nice and good to talk to my buddy Rob. <laughs> a good amount of them, yeah. I'm sure you can be drink a good amount of them, Reeks. Uh, I got a, I got something pretty special here. I, I, I bought it. It's from Kate May. Um, people that listen to this and listen to the show know I love Kate May. Uh, it's a little different. I, I try to get into milkshake IPAs. Um, during the pandemic when, like, shit really shut down. They're and, so hit or miss. Yeah, they're so hit or miss. Like, some of them are perfect. Mm-hmm. Some of them, like, I, I, I swear there was one where I didn't even bother bother finishing it, right? Yeah. Like, I dumped out, like, half a beer. I was like, I can't. I've, done, I've yeah. done at the brewery, take a sip, and been, like, to my wife, and like, oh, you should try this. You'll probably like it. And just hand it to her, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just go get another one. You sit here. I'll, I'll go up and get another one. So this one is a... Chocolate-covered strawberry milkshake IPA from Kate May Bruco for my boys over at Kate May, and it is actually delightful. It um, seems like a Valentine's Day beer, I'll be honest. That's when I got it, Riggs. That's when, that's when I bought it. Um, Made sense. It's, it's, it's a little too sweet. Like, you can't – if you have more than one, then I feel like I'm going to go into diabetic shock. <laughs> um, but it's really, like, it's really good. It's not it's – not It's a dessert beer. Yeah, it's a dessert beer, but you still get the hop. You still get that kind of like cream soda flavor that you get when, uh, like, with, with like a really good milkshake. And um, I don't know, it's weird. It's hard. To, it's very hard to explain what a good milkshake IPA tastes like. But 
Just they're good. That's the way that I like to phrase it. They're good. I agree. I agree. Like I said, so hit or miss, but when they're when when it's a hit, you're you're good. Yep. All right. We got a lot to talk about. We are going to play three up and three down at one point where we just kind of pick teams that we're we're high on and pick teams that were lower on in the field. Just I don't know. Trying to find something you need to talk about at this point in the season is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. You know, you know that. Um, <laughs> but before we do, we have to talk about Michigan and Iowa because Michigan just completely beat the brakes off of the Hawkeyes. Yeah. You know, both of us, I'm sure we're both going to have uh, Iowa in a certain slot in uh, three up, three down at some point. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, like uh, for you, like the the talking point is always going to be. Uh, is Michigan in the same tier as Gonzaga and Baylor? And, and I don't know, like, we don't have to frame it like that, but just kind of where are you right now on this Michigan team? Yeah, they're tier one. Like, it's it's no question, right? Like, I held off for a decent portion, but when they came back and the way they looked in the second half against Wisconsin, I was like, yeah, these guys are, they're tier one. You can argue if they're if they're the second team, the third team, whatever. They're right. It, it's, it's Baylor, it's Gonzaga, it's Michigan versus the field. Like it's now it's now three versus the field. Um, if you don't put them there, you're trying too hard. Like that's just kind of where I am with them. Like just watch them because, like, listen. I thought there was going to be some shooting regression. Like Mike Smith was not a 48 percent three point shooter at Columbia. He was a 36 percent shooter. I think he was. So it's like okay, when when is this shooting going to come back? And it doesn't matter because Hunter Dickinson is real. Franz Wagner is one of my favorite players in the country. He's now like, I know me and you've talked about him like off air where we're both like, yeah, he's the most underrated player in the country. He's now like John Beeline where he's talked about being so underrated. He's overrated. Where It's like, no, he's just, he, this is who he is. Um, he's properly rated. Right. But it, like it showed today, like Iowa could not stop Franz Wagner and Franz Wagner could defend everybody on Iowa. Yeah. I so, I don't think people realize just, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, I don't think people realize how good Franz is when, like, at one, turning that corner, and two, like, the, the flexibility in the deck yeah. to be able to get those weird spins off the backboard. It's incredible. I'm sorry. His, 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 I was just going to say is, you know, I didn't think Michigan played that well the first half. It was so, like the whole game was just so, just jolted that first half. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that no, I know. five official reviews in one half? Of a college basketball game is too many. Reeves. Reeves. It's, look, it's the biggest problem. I know we have things here, but that's just a little too high. I know. It's the biggest problem in the sport, man. Like, listen, it's the time of the year where casual fans come in. Guess what? They see number three Michigan, number nine Iowa, seven o'clock on the main ESPN channel. Guess what they're going to put on? There we go. And you had garbage foul call, garbage foul call, review, review. And it was just like this game. Sprained ankle. Right. This game sucks. Like, I was like, this is just – and to be honest, the game did suck. Like, it was close in the first half. It was a terrible half of basketball. Yeah, it really was. Like, And and it was because no one could really get into a rhythm because of all the the stoppages and all the whistles being blown. And the fact that, like, Michigan just matches up so perfectly with Iowa. Iowa never had a chance to get anything going. No. When this game was to keep Michigan, like, in the low 60s and then – you know, have one of those nights where they go like 11 for 22 from three. And, and they kind of started doing that in the first half, right? Like they shot well. They start five for 11 from three. Like that's more than fine. And they held Michigan to 32 points that first half. So you're sitting there going like, all right, this is the game that we kind of have. Like, yeah, we only have 29, but we're Iowa. We can score in the second half, except, you know, 
that's exactly why Luca Garza is who he is as a prospect and why he's a really, really good college player. But if you have Hunter Dickinson and even Austin Davis and even Isaiah, whole group, I, I think Dickinson's the one leading the charge. Where they don't, you don't have to double down. You can throw a double down to trap on on Luca, but it just takes away Iowa's entire offense. And to me, like they don't have that guy like a Franz Wagner who you sit there and go, all right, our guys like Dickinson was getting taken away a little bit on the offensive side. Michigan just looked at Livers and Wagner and said, you guys go make plays. Yeah. Iowa doesn't have that. Like Wieskamp, Frederick, I like their games, but they're not guys you sit there and ISO on the wing and say, go ahead, go make a play. Yeah. I mean, Wieskamp a little bit, he's added that to his game, but mostly their whole value is that the whole way that this offense is built is give the ball to Luca, let Luca go to work. When you inevitably have to send a double team on him because Luca overpowers anybody in the post, then it's it's kick out, swing, swing, wide open three, kick right. out, swing, bang, tack close out, got a layup that Wieskamp gets. It all centers around the ability to get a post touch and to put the defense into rotation because you have to do something with Luca or he's going to score one on one. The problem with this matchup against Michigan is Hunter Dickinson can take him away. Yeah. Like, Hunter Dickinson is like the one guy in college hoops that is like really perfectly suited to being able to do that. Like even, even Kofi just is not, he's a little bit more foul prone and he's not quite as like, he, he's stronger, but he's not quite as immobile. Like Hunter Dickinson is a wall. You run into him and you're not like you're, you're bouncing off. Right. And Dickinson and guards are the same exact speed running up and down the court, yeah. which is not fast. <laughs> and neither of them look, they look both look so goofy when they run. I, I would love to see them being like a 400 yard dash. Oh, it'd just be, like, winded coming down the stretch. <laughs> I love watching them in fast breaks. Like, they're trying to get in secondary transitions. And there, were one, there was one time Michigan literally had to slow down and go on a real half-court set because Mike Smith just ran into Hunter Dickinson in the high post. And it was like, you could just see, like, Smith was like, God damn it, here we go. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? We got a, we just got a comment that said, Reeves, we got the craft beer cast back together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, buddy, it's back. Oh, man. Um, well, oh, I was going to ask you this. Has anybody in the history of college basketball thrown more chicken wings than Luca Garza? Um, like, I, it's, it, like I, I've seen it before, and it's definitely been talked about, like, within the college basketball circle. There were multiple plays today, and one ended up being on the third foul call on Dickinson. If Luca catches the ball and he's driving on the baseline on that little half turn, all he does is elbow and chicken wing to get space. <laughs> I mean, I give him credit because like, he barely gets called for it, and it clearly works. Nobody in the history of college basketball has thrown more chicken wings. Yeah, he's he's not afraid to uh, to put his shoulder or his elbow into somebody. But hit like right. Dickinson isn't either. Like that that's part of the reason right. why this was so fun to watch. Is because like neither of those dudes like there's a lot of bigs that will try to flop and get a foul here or a foul there like neither neither no. Luca Garza nor Hunter Dickinson are like I don't think they understand the word flop right well, I, I just don't think they want to get up from falling down on the floor that's a lot of man meat to get up on the floor that is, that is like I'm pretty sure Luca Garza doesn't feel pain and today, <laughs> I didn't notice this until today but like Hunter Dickinson has like the starting to get the the dark hairs on like the back of <laughs> yeah he's. He's very much like an old man. Like Garza. he's ready to be a dad. Oh yeah, he, like he's 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 perfectly. He's got the beard too that doesn't <laughs> look right, but it's a beard because like I'm a man and I got hair on the right. back of my arms, so I gotta get the beard going. Um, he's yeah, yeah it, like, it, it's it's wild. He's a freshman. Like he, 
even just from his game, like obviously we can talk about like his footwork and his ability to read the floor. He just doesn't look like a freshman. I told you my favorite my favorite stat in college basketball this year, right? No, which one is it? Well, you might have, but Hunter Dickinson turned twenty on November twenty fifth, right? And he's a freshman. Franz Wagner turned nineteen in August, and he's a sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner is ten months younger than Hunter Dickinson, I'm, and a year year uh, year younger than him in school. I'm pretty sure Hunter, Hunter Dickinson's older than Devin Booker. Yeah, it's, he's so old. It's so funny. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. And I, I love that him and guards that came through the same AU program. They're both from the um, like DC, Baltimore, Northern Virginia area, the DMV area. The fact, like, I just need somebody who exactly is from the Luca Garza, Hunter Dickinson prototype to come through that and into the Big Ten every two years. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Where I got to figure out where he's from in DC. Garza. He's from Hyattsville. Hunter Hunter Dickinson is from. Yeah, he's from Northern Virginia, but he went to Damatha. Yeah, I was going to say that's where Damatha is. Yeah. Oh, Hunter, he's from Alexandria. I lived in Alexandria, and then Luca. What, I asked Luca once. He, used, he lived way further out. What high school did Luca go to? I forget. He went to Murray. I did. I, I told you the story about seeing him play as a freshman, right? In high school. You uh, when you were living in DC. Yeah. He he, he could not so. You ever seen like the clown shoes that people put on? Like this is the best way I can describe. Like that that sideshow Bob wears on the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. And you know how when you have those clown shoes on, or like when you're when your kid puts on like an adult pair of shoes, and yeah, like he tries to wear like my slippers and he just falls on his face. Or like this, it's like he's got flippers. You know what? It's like he's wearing flippers. That's how big yeah. his shoes were, and that's what it was like when he was running. He would go up and down the floor, and you could hear his feet slapping. That's how goofy he was when he was running. He couldn't dunk. He was six foot nine. That's that's a special type of lack of athleticism. Yes, and lack of athleticism, lack of coordination. Yeah, uh, and I was there. When, I was there with an uh, with an assistant, Division One assistant, and watching him play. And he's like, he was there to recruit one of the seniors on the team because they they actually had a Division One player. And he looks at Luke and he's like, that kid right there, he's gonna play high major basketball. I'm like, are you watching the same thing? Yeah, like for what? That is what. That's why you're at an Ivy League school. And you're not at a high major school because. <laughs> Goofball is going to play high major basketball, and here he is, the national player of the year. So, shout out to you, Luca Garza. Um, all right, Michigan, Baylor, Gonzaga. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. You got to rank them. I would go. I still want to go Gonzaga one, Baylor two, Michigan three. That's probably what I would do as well. Um, I think. Here- that- it's very clearly like those three and then everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I think that like at this point, like even if you look at Ken Palm right now, and I, I don't like to lean entirely on Ken Palm for this because like the numbers can kind of get, uh, get weird. Yeah, um, but right now, like it's, it's all Baylor and Michigan are like very, very close. They're like less than a half, a, like 0.5 right. away of just an efficiency margin thing. Right. So, Ken Palm's kind of weird this year with just like, you know, I, I do like, to look at Ken Palm and, and base a lot of rankings kind of on that. I think it's a decent ranking tool to a degree, but like. The problem is it gets skewed so much. When, like when there's these blowouts that happen. Right. Uh, yeah, like Virginia beating Clemson by 35. And, and that's why the yeah, metrics are so nice to them. Skewed everything. And then um, like Louisville just getting drubbed twice coming off their. Right. Bus, that's going to kill them. 
But like this, this 22 point win over a, a top five team in Iowa combined with Baylor barely beating Iowa state at home has like, yeah. has like completely changed what those metrics look like. So it's very hard to take um, all of that stuff. Like, I don't want to say like too seriously, but it's, it's very much something that you have to keep an eye on. Who do you think, what's your projection seed-wise? Who goes one, two, three? Oh, man. Um, I think a lot of it depends on what happens down the stretch. Well, yeah, no kidding. But that's why I asked you to project it. Um, I think it probably ends up being Gonzaga's the number one overall seed because they, they have six wins over top 25 teams right now. I don't think people realize that. To me, if Baylor loses, Gonzaga will lock up the one seed. But if Baylor ends up running the table, they get the one seed. They might number one overall, which might. is huge because Ohio State or Illinois will probably be the be number five overall. Which means well, no, they're going to the not what happens. Like the, the Gonzaga or Baylor is going to get whichever Big Ten, like the Big Ten teams that are that are two seeds, because we're going well, to have yeah, to, we're going to have two Big Ten one seeds. Yeah, and two Big Ten two seeds. So it's just going to you're going to have to alternate. You think we're getting two Big Ten two seeds? Depending on what happens with Iowa, I don't. Th- if Iowa loses to Ohio State, how do they get a two seed besides winning the Big Ten tournament? I mean, who are you going to give it to? Are you you're going to give it to Houston? You're going to give it to Villanova? You're going to give it to Alabama? It's not like all these other teams have great profiles, right? But like, if if any if Villanova wins the Big East and Big East tournament, they should be at above Iowa. If Alabama wins the SEC, SEC tournament. They should get it above Iowa. If let's, uh, you know, if who do else we say? Um, Houston. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're so tough from from but a resume like, standpoint. The thing, like you, you mentioned Villanova and Alabama. Like I kind of think that both of them are going to be two seeds, right? So you have Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and let's just call it Ohio State on the one seed, right? And then Illinois, Villanova, Alabama, Illinois. Iowa, and then the, these are the teams that you're picking from after that. You have to. You look. know what? West Virginia, Oklahoma. West Virginia, I'll give you. I, I'm not. I'm not in on Oklahoma. I, but uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, very well could easily have a better resume than Iowa. Yeah, they could. Uh, but I'm also just like they already do. I think maybe they also lost to Kansas State, and that's that's right. That's not great, but like. Iowa just hasn't beaten anybody. Yeah, they, I mean, they haven't. They lost, and they lost twice in Indiana, so you know what? Right, and they lost to Minnesota. Get them out of here. Minnesota sucks. Get them out of here. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think right now, uh, I'm looking up the futures odds for uh, for Iowa right now, um, and all I'm seeing at the moment, I don't know where to find it. Um, all I'm seeing at the moment is uh, is Gonzaga and Baylor is, is plus 110, and the field is minus 134. I think at that price, I'd probably take the field, right? Yeah, because you're getting Michigan in that plus. You get Michigan. You get Michigan Ohio State, in, Illinois. You get Michigan and the coronavirus on your side. Yeah, that too. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart? They require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with rush pay, instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. With March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better time to give Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. Go to betrivers.com today or download the app. 
Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, you got anything else about this this Michigan-Iowa game? Anything to take away? No, it's pretty much what I expected. Like, I don't think Iowa's that good. And, you know, I think Michigan's really good. And we talked about Michigan is an ideal or matches up ideally against Iowa. And I wasn't shocked by the result by any means. How worried are you about um, about Iowa right now with the broken nose? Do you think that impacts Illinois at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see when he comes back, right? Because people will overreact to the regular season if he's held out to the tournament. They'll overreact if he comes back the first game, doesn't look right in the mask, and then figures it out. So I think it matters. Um, I think it was big that they – took care of Nebraska, like, fairly easily today. You know, it wasn't a blowout by any means, but it, it wasn't a super close game. Um, just to kind of get that, okay, we can do this. You know, we, we can still, you know, win by double digits, you know, even against a bad Nebraska team. But I, I'm worried just because, I you know, adapting to a mask is a thing. Like, it's not some made-up concept of a player, you know, putting a mask on and being – the same player, it affects how you see the floor. And Io sees the floor really well. So, you know, I'll be – it's almost like how I look at coaches. It's like a new coach, give them three to four years. Let me see Io for three to four games, and then I'll figure out exactly how much of a threat the mask is or not. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not that worried about it. I think that he can adjust, and I think that there's ways to be able to make those things so that the impact on – right. The players is, is somewhat limited. Um, we had Scott McGinn uh, in the comments earlier say that if Michigan is the third best team in the country, he wants all the odds. So, I, I mean, I think you're going to get them. Look, if you're if you're getting the best odds on Michigan at this point, like I don't think that that's necessarily the wrong thing to uh, to to take. We got a uh, we still got Ohio State, Michigan State playing right now. Uh, Michigan State cut it to. I don't. I don't know about you, but I'm on Michigan State there, and I'm on the over. So we need a lot. We need more points for each. That's what we need. I didn't touch this game with the no with the no uh, Kyle Young, and also like I'm still trying to figure out. I, I'm trying to figure out when the right time to fade Michigan State is again. All right. Well, then, then let's get into three up and three down because I think Michigan is very much in this conversation. Uh, Michigan State, I'm sorry, is very much in this conversation for me. So we'll start with um, we'll start with the three teams that you are higher on than probably anyone else. And if you want to do the honors, I will allow you to be the first one to go. All right. So I'm trying to think because I feel like this is typically when a lot of us that do this for a living end up like saying the same, what, seven, eight teams. So I'm trying to figure out who is an answer of, of who I'm higher on. I mean, like I, I guess Oklahoma doesn't count. I'm not going to say USC. Like there's so many similar answers. Um, Let's just let's just say this as a rule: they have to be um, they have to be unranked and outside of the top twenty-five on Ken Palm. Like, who do you think is a team that can like make a run, an actual Final Four threat? No, an actual. Okay, that's what I was about to ask. What's the clarification? You know who it is for me? It's Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. That was that's one of the ones I had on my list. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're. <laughs> I think they're really good. I, Mike Boynton, I think, is a great coach. You know, good, good coach to great, like potentially great coach. You you have the most talented player in college basketball, and guess what? That usually matters, and it's starting to matter. Um, also, the um, surrounding pieces fit, they fit really well, and 
you're talking about a lot of freshmen and sophomores who are figuring out the game and figuring out playing together. And I would not be surprised to see them in the second weekend. Yeah. And at this point, like you're with me where if, if the NCAA makes the decision that takes them out of the NCAA tournament, like we, 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 we riot, right? Like, 90 minutes to me to get to Indianapolis. Yeah. We're, we're, we're burning this one. I'm coming with you. Like we're burning right. Like I will be driving with a torch, like it, like ready to go. Yeah. Um, so for me, the first one that I have on my list, like you're probably going to be able to, if you have to guess this, you probably guess it. It's Michigan State. Well, that's one of the ones. The, the oh, okay. number that's one, one, one on my list is the one and only UConn Huskies, right? Uh, I mean, I feel like everyone's high on UConn. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I just think that now that they're finally healthy, right? Yeah. Now that they have Book Knight back, more importantly, now that they also have. Um, Andre Jackson back and Tyrese Martin is coming off of the, the ankle thing that he was dealing with. Tanogo um, figuring it out. Yeah. Like I, I really do think that they are um, starting to put it together. Now we've seen it in flashes, right? We saw it in the second half against, um, against Georgetown. We saw it uh, mostly in the first half against Providence. Uh, we saw it for about 15 minutes against Villanova. Uh, but like book night, like it's very, very obvious to me that dude does not have his legs at all between, yeah. between getting surgery the five weeks that he didn't play and the COVID layoffs that he had to deal with, like that dude is just not where he needs to be against Providence. He was having cramps um, against Villanova. Like, I don't know how much of that game you watched, but for the entire second half, like he just, he had no explosive, no, no burst, couldn't get into the lane. Um, he's a different, like a complete difference maker. Like I, I think he's one of the 10 best players in college basketball. He's the kind of guy that can take over a game um, and put up like 25 points on anybody. So, you combine that with the fact that they could roll out lineups where they have uh, Book Knight at the two, Tyrese Martin at the three, and Andre Jackson at the four. Like all of a sudden, they are the most athletic team in the country when they put that team out there. So <laughs> they're, they're up there. Yeah, and I do like them. Like, and I I was talking to somebody about it um, who I work with, and I don't see barring a complete collapse with Book Knight back and healthy, like you can't keep this team out of the tournament. Like they are one of the six, I guess 30, what would it be this year? 37 best teams mm-hmm. after the at-largest. They're one of the 37 best teams. Yeah. I think, I think I would agree with that. Um, I just, I hope they get in. They, that's their profile is so weird because all the games that they lost um, when, when they didn't have book night and yeah. uh, the things that they've been dealing with coming back. Like it's, it's also to me like them, and Louisville are like the two real test cases for like how much the committee is going to value all this stuff. And maybe Stanford to a point, um, depending on if they can hold on and beat Oregon today. Uh, like how much is the committee going to value, uh, going to value the stuff that these teams have dealt with? Like Stanford basically spent like uh, two months living in hotels. And going I, I mean, they lived, in Par- they lived across the country for like three weeks. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that is played out. All right, who's your next? Uh, who's the next team you're you're higher on in the field? Probably a popular answer, but again, I think I'm a little higher on them the most. I'm still sticking with Oregon. I think they are top fifteen talent now, and I know they don't have Dante, and, and he's out for the year. But and you know they're coming off that kind of ugly loss to USC. But you know this is a team that's going to be what kind of ugly? that was kind of an ugly loss. I mean, it was ugly. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but you're talking about what? They're going to be like a 10 seed, right? Because of their weird resume. And this is another kind of like test piece, right? And uh, test case in the sense of how does the committee view them 
with injuries, shutdowns, and then this. Mm-hmm. Talent-wise, they're top. I think they're top fifteen talent in the country. I wish they had a. Better- and it's also this is becoming now the Oregon trend, right? The Oregon trend is a decent win to start the year, an average loss, kind of look like trash. Figure it out, win the Pac-12 tournament, be a 11 seed, and make a Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, Stanford Steve was on with us the other day, and he had this that how about this reads. Uh, since, since 2000, I think it was since 2015, uh, Dana Altman in Pac-12 play against the spread is 77 and 46. This was like four oh. years ago. So like That's he, ridiculous. Yeah, he crushes it. Uh, um, uh, I am with you a little bit. I'm a little bit worried about the fact that they don't have that like great interior presence and they don't have a great point guard. Right? Yeah, they're they're just all wings, and I th- but I think you can make that work. Yeah, and I just trust in Altman, but like right. I mean, if they can't beat Stanford without Oscar da Silva, that's not gonna work. I know, and I, I'm temp- like that's why I was hesitant to take them, but I'm still just gonna blindly back Oregon because it's profitable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one, my my second one on this list, and you you're going to despise me for it. I know you're going to despise me for it. I can already see the look on your face. You know what I'm going to say, and you're going to buck at me as soon as I say this. But it is the Duke. Oh, uh, you're an idiot. It's the Duke. <laughs> you're an idiot. I'm, I've got I've gotten sucked in. Like I'm, I'm. They haven't beaten anybody. I'm in. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm in. Um, they haven't done anything. I know, but it's just like they're they are last year's Virginia. <laughs> Listen to me. They are last year's Virginia. Virginia didn't do shit last year. They beat up a bunch of teams in the ACC, which sucked last year. It's even worse this year. Guess what Duke is doing? The same thing. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I know I am. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. <laughs> but <laughs> but you're an idiot and stubborn still. I'm going with Duke here. Because you know what's going to happen is they're going to end up getting like an 11 seed, right? They're going to win two of their last three games. No, no. They're going to be the first team out. Someone's going to get COVID, and then they're going to get in. And you're going to be a number one seed, yeah. Yep, right. that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. What's going to end up happening. So since we're on the topic, like, how do you feel about that, the the, the rules of the NCAA put in? Listen, like, I disagree with a lot. Um, to me, I just wish they started the tournament two weeks later. I feel like that would solve a lot of the solutions. Um, but I think it's the the most fair. I think they are correct in how they are doing it in the sense of if it's a single bid league who loses the team, they get to replace it with a team within their league. I think that's a correct decision. I think see like ranking one through four, the first four teams out smart, again, smart decision. I don't like that. It kind of finalizes the bracket 48 hours. Like what? We really can't get a team in there on Thursday. And it's gonna, it's really gonna fuck up all the brackets that like people do. Well, they got that, and it, I, I know, like the whole press release was talking about, like, oh, there won't be a competitive disadvantage for the team that plays. Like, if if a team has to like can't play in the first round, one of the first four teams to come in, the whole thing was like, oh, there won't be a competitive disadvantage for the team that they're playing because it would be a lower seed than whatever. And I'm sitting there going, well, it's a competitive advantage for the first four team out because what if it is a three seed that gets positive COVID test, can't play? You know, 
Are we really going to give Indiana a three seed? Look, I I get it, and you're you're not wrong. But what else are you going to do? To me, it's like if you're going to finalize the bracket forty eight hours, you can. Everyone's in Indiana. Just reseed that region. Why can't you reseed that region? All there's only one bracketing principle you have to worry about. Then the only problem with that is that the, you're going to have coaches that have started like game planning and prepping and, and doing everything that they need to do for not just the team that they're playing, but for the two teams that right. they play the next day. So it's like I understand that, but it's also the the easiest thing to do is just plug and play, you know, and just replace it and hope that it doesn't end up being something awful. And if it is, well. The fuck are you gonna do? I know, and and like that's I get like to me they kind of pigeonhole themselves without going without pushing the tournament back. Like to me that just would have been the smart like from getting guaranteeing the six eight teams that make the tournament to play in the tournament. That kind of was the answer to me. Like almost like with the NBA bubble, get the get the teams in into Indianapolis, bubble them up for ten days, and then start the tournament. Yeah, what what uh, what Troy said to do was bump up the seed lines. Don't worry about like the conference. First well, that doesn't say the only to me the only bracketing principle you would then have to worry about is just don't put them in the same first round matchup with the conference team. Yeah, and even if you do, like whatever. Like, and listen, sorry, coaches, we're friends. With, we're friends with coaches. Yeah, but sorry for the extra work. Yeah, well, I'm selfish. It's not extra work for me. Yeah, the the only thing that I would say is like um, breaking bracketing rules to like have conference against conference games. Like, is that really any weirder than like taking out potentially like a top two seed and replacing with a team that got left out of the tournament? Like, that's more fucked up than having a conference versus conference matchup. Right, but I'm saying like if if we have to do it this way, where a team has to cannot play within 48 hours of selection Sunday, just reseed the that. Only that region. You don't have to do the entire bracket. Just that one region. And really, it, it, you're talking probably about, I mean, depending on what seed line it is. If it's a one seed, you're, ch- you're changing a, probably the first ten seeds. But it, I would bet in the grand scheme of things, you're really not changing that much. Yeah. And let's just hope that it doesn't happen. It's probably. I know. I, it's, let's just hope that it doesn't happen. That's what I said in my blog today. It's like, it could be complete mayhem because – and you know what's going to suck if it does happen? Gonzaga's winning the title, and everyone's going to put an asterisk on Gonzaga winning the title. I mean, the dumb people will. I know, but Rob, we listen to we. There's so many dumb people. There are so many dumb people. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, so you have. Uh, do I have to give my argument for like my pro Duke argument? I know what you're going to say. I just it, the, the lineup fits together better. Yep. Uh, when they have Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hurt together, you can't play one of them at the five, and you can't play one of them at the three. They're both four. So now everything fits together. Now you have everyone bought in. Now the, the whole is greater than some of the parts. Now everyone actually likes each other, and we're all friends. We're all buddy-buddy, and, and it's the brotherhood, Riggs. It's the brotherhood. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, all I'm saying is is that if they get in, and let's just say, like, even if they're 11, they're an 11 seed, they're a first four team, whatever it is, like, if you're that five seed or that six seed, like, you don't want to face that Duke team in the first round, right? I mean, I just, I wouldn't care. Like, they're not good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like, if you're a five seed, guess what? You should probably be favored by about five points over that Duke team. Yeah, true. All right. Um, 
Next up, we uh, one more. You got one more underrated team. All right, let's see here. Um, we're also allowed to say Michigan State because that's what both of us are going to say. I'm debating. I don't think I'm pretty sure this team is not ranked. I'm going to go with Rutgers. Again, like they're healthy. They were not healthy earlier in the year. Yeah, they you know they lost to Maryland and they lost to Michigan. Although they really won against Michigan because they covered. Um, Listen, like I think Geo Baker and Ron Harper could get hot for four games and, and get to a Final Four. Well, Ron Baker or uh, Ron Baker, Ron Harper cannot play any worse than he's been playing. Right, I know, and like it's again, possible for him to play worse than he's been playing. And we're talking about long shots here, right? Like, yes. do I think they'll make a Final Four? No. Dude, he, how about this? He he went for a stretch where he missed twenty three straight threes and went that's one tough. for twenty eight from three. Like that is that's Jack White level shitty. <laughs> I, I I miss the days of everyone tracking Jack White's threes. That was great, wasn't it? Like he that was just a great time on Twitter. He had, he had a month where we were like Jack White is the perfect compliment to Zion Williamson. You put him on five, it fixes everything. He blocked a shot against Texas Tech. He made a couple threes. He's the answer. Duke's going undefeated, and then he doesn't hit another three again for the rest of his life. <laughs> I, know. I know it was perfect. Uh, all right, so um, my last one is Louisville. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was debating. I was debating Louisville and, and Rutgers. So, go, yeah, because that's the two that I was debating too. But we're, we're somehow like we haven't popped up in like, a, in like six months. I, I we're, just, we're, all, we're all just on the same page. We have it all figured out. Um, it's because we still text every day. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what it is. <laughs> um, so Louisville, they just their guards are great. They got Malik Williams back. Um, they have like the, all the like these these live bodies at the three and the four that they can rotate around. Um, and the, like the worst stuff, the worst games, the worst performances that they've had has have all been covered. You can tell them because they keep burping, and they've been horrendous losses. I love like they come back from COVID, they just lose by a hundred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a team give up the way that Louisville team gave oh. up at North Carolina. And, like, it sucks because – Even that UCLA team that was down 41-7 to Kentucky, like, tried harder. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> I forgot about that game. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, I, I feel for them, though, because, like, every time it feels like they've kind of gotten something going – Something happens. So they get another positive test. Yeah. Or another guy's got to sit out. Or they get a false positive, which is something right. they've dealt with in, in, in the recent past. And Or, like, their coach gets caught on video acting like a complete goober dancing around maskless at a party, right? Like, so it's just kind of – like, they just can't – We're underselling that video. There was a former NFL player in it, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my hot take on that video, and, like, I, one, I think it's it, – whatever. Like it's it's great. It's gonna be fun for the rivalry. Two, like oh, yeah. for me, like when I watched it, I, I was like very that, to me that was very obvious that there was some kind of inside joke that we just weren't in on. Like it just in right. a video like that, unless you're doing it to make fun of somebody. And the fact that, that dude and Kenny Payne are tight, like makes a lot of sense. What should have gotten a lot more publicity is the fact that like a team with all of these COVID issues has a head coach is like jumping around without a mask with people that aren't affiliated with the team. Like to me, 
that is the thing that actually should have been a talking point, but it felt like that completely got glossed over. Well, from a, like listen, from someone within the rivalry, it's the Kenny Payne won all those games like that. You hear that? That's just Kentucky fans see red. Yeah, I, and yeah, no, I got you. But it was just like I thought it was so obvious that it was just like a some dumb joke that no. One oh, I think it. like listen, I found the video hilarious. Like I literally laughed out loud when Eric Wood said. Coach Cal will never win again. And <laughs> Mac went, wait, what? <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> like he got caught being like, wait a minute, please don't like don't get don't let that one get out. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so we're on the same page a little. All right, let's do yep. teams that are uh that are overrated. Can we just both start with Iowa? Like that's where we both I've said it in the preseason. I am buddy, both. I have so many tweets that I'm ready to just hit retweet, quote tweet on when the Iowa season finally ends. So are you you're getting your uh your your RP3 natural on? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everyone that that like I had a lot of Iowa fans screaming at me. And listen, not to brag, but I've been hundred percent right about this team. They are a top fifteen ish team who can't really defend, who we knew who they were, like they didn't have some new piece come in and be like, oh, this is a guy that can take them from, you know, a, a five seed to a one seed. Like, we knew who this team was all along. Like, I don't know why people – and this happens with teams every single year, right? Oh, they return everybody. They're going to be a top five team. And it's like, why? They were a nine seed last year. Like, what what's so different from last year to this year? Like, junior to senior year, no one's taking a jump. Like, we knew who this we knew who this team was all along. Yeah, I'm, I mean, entirely there with you. Um, I will say this. Over the course of the last – before tonight, over the course of the – and I don't know how much you can criticize them for, like, having Michigan run it up on you a little bit. But over the course of the last two weeks, they've actually been pretty good defensively. Yeah, but again, who is it against? And my, my – yeah, I mean, that's what it is. But my hot take has been that um, it wasn't – what they were doing defensively, it was the fact that they were more efficient offensively and they weren't allowing teams to get out and transition on them. Yeah, I mean, that's key. Mm-hmm. Because their transition defense, their half-court defense is bad. Their transition defense is fucking laughable. Yeah. Like Luke, like, Luke can't get up and down the floor. No. He works as hard as he can, and he's still the slowest guy on the court. I mean, yeah, it's – again, you're talking about, like, a semi-traditional big. Like, that's just – that's the case when you play a guy like that. Yeah. All right. So let's go with uh, other overrated teams. Do you want it to go first? Or you want me to go? You go first this time. Houston. I don't get it. I don't see it. Fair. Can you, can you, I still like them. I'm, they're, I mean, they're they're good because they defend. Um, they they're well multiple guards. Fabian White's back. They'll get to the offensive glass, um, and, and they have. Different I trust Kelvin Sampson now. Yeah, but it's it's also like okay, well, they lost at Tulsa, they lost at East Carolina, and they lost at Wichita State, and neither of those three teams are going to sniff the NCAA tournament. And their best win is what a Texas Tech team that could find themselves themselves on this list, right? Yeah, but- is that their best win, or is it the Western Kentucky team that they beat tonight? Like that, that's what we're talking about. With them. Right, and, like, it, that's all fair. Like, their resume stinks, but 
when I watch them, I just I love the makeup of this team. And I like that Fabian White's back. And I like that I trust Kelvin Sampson. Like their last two losses in the NSA tournament were a Tyler Hero three with two seconds to go or whatever however much time is left, and Jordan Poole at the buzzer. Yeah. Or we're talking about potentially Houston and two back to back final fours. Yeah. No, I, I mean I get it, right? I, I, I get where you're at with it, but I just I don't know. It's it's hard. And I get I get where you're at too. To me they're just kind of they're perfectly what I think. Like they're the most split team I think across the country. I I think that they're. I would have them in like that four to five. Seat. I think they're like a the sixteen to twentieth best team in the country. Whereas that's, I would have them higher, but that's top fair. Team, they're number four in Ken Palm. I, I don't. I think that they're a little overvalued. What else you got? Virginia, they stink. Like they can't defend. They stink. They stink. They, who, who have they beaten? They lost to San Francisco. They lost to NC State. Who have they beaten? No one. Like that's they the couldn't even beat Duke. That's a bad loss. <laughs> they like they are like they are not good. They've gotten. It's weird. Last year they were so good defensively, but I think they were the worst offensive like power or major six program last year. And they were, they were horrible. They went ranked right fourth offensively. And this year, they're actually like pretty good offensively. They're not good defensively. That's what happens when you lose like Braxton Key and Diakite and you replace it with Hauser and, and like Trey Murphy. Yeah, I mean it's just um it's it's their their resume's disgusting. They have three quad one wins and two quad four losses. Yeah, I don't see it. Like they're gonna be a projected top four seed. I'm ready to fade. Yeah, they're I mean their best wins are at Clemson, at Georgia Tech, at Notre Dame. Actually, I kind of like Georgia Tech. I honestly like if North Carolina doesn't make the NCAA tournament, they don't have a win over a tournament team. Georgia Tech should make the tournament. Yeah, you're probably right. But Clemson will, but Clemson stinks. Yeah, they. I mean, all of the, no one's good. The ACC stinks, except they, for Florida State. I like Florida State. Um, all right, so my uh, my second one that I think is overrated, I kind of already hinted at it, is Texas Tech. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not buying it. I, Common I, answer. Yeah. I think that their resume is overrated. They're sitting here at what, like six and seven in the Big Twelve now. They lost three in a row. Um, I think people. We, we celebrate what Chris Beard did with that team in 2018, that team in 2019, right? But we ignore the fact that one year he did it with Big 12 Player of the Year, Keenan Evans, and Jarrett Culver slash Sire Smith on the roster, right? The next year he did it with sophomore year Jarrett Culver plus Matt Mooney and Tariq Owens, who are both 23 yeah. years old and who are now both on NBA rosters. Right. He, like, now you got Matt McClung and, like, Terrence Shannon. You know, like, those guys are fine. Michael PV is going to be fine, but yeah, I mean these are good. These are good pieces, right? They need the star. They don't have that star. Right. Like Mac would be Mac would be the perfect number two. You can win a title with Mac as your number two. Yeah, like if he played better defense, but you know the combination of so the thing that that happened was like Chris Beard went out and added these two guys and Mac McClung and and Marco Santos Silver that were supposed to be the answers to fix everything. Yeah, but the problem is like neither of those two guys are really good defensively. In right. The Big 12. Right. It's a problem. Um, you got any more underrated team? I'm um, sorry, overrated teams? Oh, I got an overrated team for you. What do you got? <clears throat> um, she is 100 years old. Her name is Sister oh. Jean. Oh. And the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. 
Oh, God. This team is overrated. Overrated. What have they done? They beat Drake. Yeah, with <laughs> without their best player. They lost they lost Indiana State, which I get. Like you people have a bad loss. They lost to Richmond. They lost to Wisconsin. Their best win is North Texas and Drake. Cool. Why is why is this team top ten in metrics? Why is this team is ridiculous? Like that's what it is. Sure, but me and you could defend Missouri Valley players. They eat everybody up. No, I, I yeah. So I, I think that Loyola is really, really good. I think that Loyola is better than the team that made the Final Four. I think Loyola is a team that, given the right draw, can get to the second weekend. I think talking about Loyola as a top-10 team in the country is, like, kind of laughable. I'll tell you who Loyola is. They're the team that everyone's going to pick, and they're going to lose by double digits in the first round. Yeah. they're. Uh, it, we see this every year. We do this every year with a mid-major. Now, typically the mid-major is in top-10 in metrics. But we do this every year with the mid-major. What year was it that Northern Iowa had that really good team when, like, Seth Tuttle was on the, the roster and they got, like – Oh, uh, they were the four seed that year? Yeah, and they – I think they beat Wyoming in the first round, but then they got drubbed in the second round by by Louisville. Was um, it – was it – 15. It was 2015. 15. And then they lost to that, that Louisville team that had, like, Terry Rozier and Montrez Harrell. And, yeah, yeah, they scored 53 points, lost by 13. Yeah, that's 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 who they are, right? Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm with you. That's not that's not a bad call. That's not a bad call. Um, all right, Riggs. Well, listen, man, this has been fun. I'm glad that we are we were uh, able to connect again. Um, Absolutely, we were able to get you on the beers and ball live stream. Um, at some point, we're going to have you on again. Uh, I got to figure out exact times. Um, probably some NCAA tournament stuff. Uh, and so can you just kind of plug where your stuff is? I know you mentioned that you might have something new coming up. Like just tell everybody where they can find you. We actually have people in the comments requesting for a plug because they want to know where all your content is. Yeah. So obviously follow me on Twitter, Barcel Reeves. I post everything there, barcelsports.com to read all my stuff. I'm actually launching here and it starts in 10 minutes daily, every night, Monday through Sunday, uh, except for maybe Friday until games get better on Friday, 11 p.m., the new app Clubhouse. Um, I know it's specific just to Apple users right now, uh, but download Clubhouse, get invites to get in there, 11 p.m. Uh, you can follow Barcel Reeves on there and Barcel Sports. It's it all circled together in that. Um, we're going to be doing daily talk about the games, Q&As, drinking, having futures talk, everything like that. So you can listen to me rant. And cool thing about Clubhouse is you can actually join the conversation and, and argue with me. So. Reese, it's been fun. Talk to you later.